It's week six of the PGA Tour being back, but it is officially week one of Tiger Woods getting involved. That's right. For the first time in 21 weeks, Tiger Woods will play in a PGA Tour event. Get excited, folks. For the first time since his DFL finish at Riviera, he's back to chasing majors. We figured it was an appropriate time right now to ask, where are we at with Tiger Woods? What have we learned in the last 16 months that will help us understand what he will do this week and this season? All of that right here on The Drop Zone. All right, folks, Tiger Woods is back. My co-host Dylan DeCher, I know, is excited about that. The entire golf world's excited about it. Who am I to not be excited that Tiger Woods is playing golf again? Well, you're you're always excited when Tiger's playing, and I tend to not get give in to that thought. I tend to not get too excited because, honestly, throughout my career as a golf journalist, it's been a lot of bad and not nearly as much good, which is kind of uh, the last seven years. Yeah, you... You picked up about three additional years of uh, the darkness or whatever you want to call that period of Tiger's career that where I was, you know, I was off actually having, I was in the darkness of my own, pursuing my own PGA Tour career. And actually Tiger and I were probably, I don't know, I don't want to say similar competitors at that point, but certainly we were both not quite as good as we wanted to be. You guys... You crossed paths on the official world golf ranking, which is kind of cool. You know, <laughs> at some point you were both outside of the top, uh, I think, 13 or 1400. But mm-hmm. for the purpose yeah, of. I think there was uh, a moment where he was about 1200, I was about 1600. <laughs> and I don't think I ever quite caught him. Within range. Um, but for the purpose of this podcast, you are the Tiger optimist. I am the Tiger pessimist. And that isn't to say that we can't uh, flip spots at some point because I know uh, I have often try to treat Tiger super fairly and at times that means you got to get excited for the guy like his 2019 Masters win right you were there I was there he wins his 15th major it's his 81st career tour victory it's the crowning of what is basically nearly a decade worth of a comeback from something the abyss uh, and so that happened 16 months ago and so for the purposes of this week I want to bring up the fact that one, that's a long time ago. <laughs> and two, it happened while Tiger was peaking. So he played really well in the spring last year leading up to Augusta. And that's just a very, very, very different scenario than what we have this week and we have going the rest of this year. I mean, Tiger, we haven't seen him play golf in two months. We haven't seen him play PGA Tour golf in four months. The Masters win was a culmination of a lot of stuff this week and the rest of this year. Honestly, it could go any way. I think you're looking at this the wrong way because the main point, the entire thesis and takeaway from the 2019 Masters was that Tiger Woods showed up on golf's greatest stage like he hadn't missed a beat, basically. Once he got back in that position, and this was the takeaway from the Tour Championship also, even though, granted, 30 of the best players in the world, not 156 of the best players in the world, or, you know, the Masters 91 or whatever. The point is that Tiger Woods showed up. Golf's greatest winner in history was back. And once he got in position to win, he shut the door. You saw some of the other best players in the world. Brooks Kepka, Francesco Molinari, Patrick Cantlay. Guys were crumbling left and right. Tiger Woods did not. That was the biggest takeaway. And where it's not so dissimilar from this year is... 
it's not like Tiger was feeling his best. He skipped Bay Hill before the Masters. Everyone panicked in the same way <laughs> that they were panicking this year when he skipped, you know, just about everything. But honestly, this year he just looks like a prophet because, yeah, he skipped the players. It didn't even happen. All right. Well, let's move forward on the timeline. This is where it gets good for me. And this is where you don't really have a whole lot to say. Because in May of 2019, Tiger misses the cut at Beth Page Black at the PGA Championship. Not only does he miss the cut, but on Thursday, Brooks Kepka beats him within the same group by nine shots. And then on Friday, he beats him by eight shots. <laughs> like, this is the guy who just won the Masters, golf's greatest stage, yada, yada, yada. Uh, this is a different golfer. This is a different golfer, not more than six weeks later, five weeks later. And not only that, during this time frame, we saw footage of Tiger from Golf TV. He had a couple of media days with them. He looked weird. He looked weirdly rigid. He looked like he was kind of gimping around the place. He eventually got some swings in with them. And it could just it just, just kind of showed us that like off the course, this guy isn't as uh, stable as the dude at the Masters who you know wrist, raised both hands and fist pumped the sky. There is more to the story here. That's how I think about May and June of last year is that, I don't know, this guy threw everything into a tournament and there are repercussions of that for a 43-year-old dude. I think we're just talking about the PGA Championship here. Just the PGA. I mean, look, obviously Tiger's showings get magnified because he's Tiger, but the fact that he didn't play tournament golf for so long and then we just saw him that one time at a course that could not have been set up any worse for him, I think you're reading into it too much. People read into that too much. The only thing it made me question is whether Beth Page Black is really even a worthy wow. major championship <laughs> golf course. I mean, if you're going to take is the you know, a guy that just I've won ever the Masters and have him you know, look so out of sorts. Maybe it's not the problem with the player. Maybe it's a problem more with the, uh, the setup. That there. is so. absolutely egregious because you would think a guy who hits it pretty long and is one of the best ball strikers in the world would fare really well at Beth page black. But I digress from that one year ago, Tiger plays in the Memorial tournament. He bounces back from Beth page black finishes T nine, right? But that's T nine. That's 10 strokes behind Patrick Cantlay. So as much as, a top 10 is really great. And like, I don't want to have Tiger live up to this ridiculously high standard. He was not in contention to win. Um, but he shot a 67 on Sunday. Very good. And what's interesting is he basically the exact same thing happened uh, a couple weeks later at the U.S. Open. So Tiger's at Pebble Beach, grinds to make the cut, the ultimate grinder, but he's never really in the event. He shoots 69 on Sunday. Again, another Sunday round in the 60s. Finishes T21, 11 shots behind Gary Woodland. So, Played pretty well in both of those events, but again, events that are courses that he has played super well at in the past, he's just never really in it, which I will happily like stand back and be like, you can't win them all, Tiger. But he was talking about his back at Pebble Beach. He said, you know, guys, it's not going to feel great for me every single day. And at a course where it's kind of chilly in the mornings and, you know, I don't know, just the, the weather conditions weren't perfect for the guy. He wasn't great. So maybe that's the guy that we get moving forward. Let's talk about the 2019 Memorial a little bit because this was a big week for me, Sean. I was on the ground as a media member, and 
as a caddy. <laughs> I caddied for Martin Trainer, so I actually finished in dead last that week. Um, shout out to Martin Trainer. And then what I did on the weekend was luckily still around. Is I went and followed Tiger Woods, and to just say that he finished T nine would be selling that week short. Ten shots back. Look, Memorial was a sign of life. He didn't finish off all his tournament rounds, but he looked good, and he was like he was eleven under on the front nine that week. He made a big time rally to get within a couple shots of the lead on Sunday. Uh, through about 11 or 12 holes before he made a couple bogeys coming in. And uh, honestly, I do remember then at that point, Patrick Cantley just like ran and hid from the field. It was sort of like, oh, could Tiger get to, you know, 14 or 15 and have a chance? And then Patrick Cantley got to 19 under. So anyway, this was a top 10, but he had signs of much better golf than that. He wasn't finishing off his rounds. He wasn't completing his last four or five holes. But, I mean, he shot 32 and 31 on the front nine on the weekends, and it just looked like here come some charges. Okay. He puts it all together. Okay. It'll be there. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let you have that little just glimmering hope mm-hmm. of optimism because that is his final respectable performance of this season. Because what happens a month later at Portrush? He misses the cut. He does not look good. 78 in his first round. Now, you know, Rory McIlroy shot 79 in his first round, so it happens to people, right? But then a month later, Tiger WDs from the Northern Trust. You were there in Jersey City when he made that announcement. Tiger didn't even finish his his Wednesday Pro-Am practice round. Like, he wasn't hitting full shots on Wednesday. You could tell he was dealing with some stuff. Opens the first round with a 75. WDs with a mild oblique strain, which injuries happen Bad rounds happen. We can't hold Tiger to the most ridiculous standard, but Tiger's the king at some point in his career of the WD, right? And this was his first WD since fusion surgery. To me, that feels important. I think it feels important, but I think this is a good opportunity to talk about the elephants. (laughs) Because Tiger Woods, right after the U.S. Open, took off for Thailand, went to Southeast Asia with his family. He's never done anything like this, to the, the yeah. best of my knowledge. Sounds great. Erica Herman, his longtime girlfriend, his kids, and his mom went back to kind of see a little bit about, oh, where is he from? Sounded like a great trip. Sounded like he really had a good time. But part of that, he was riding elephants. <laughs> and what do we think Tiger Woods is doing riding on elephants? And I was walking with uh, – with erica herman actually at the northern trust and she was talking about like oh she was you know watching tiger ride the elephants and he was sort of like looking uncomfortable and i was like in disbelief that she was just you know speaking openly about this because it felt like oh here's a guy that's injured right now maybe there's some sort of connection between like him traveling around the world living a crazy life and then tweaking his back there and then coming back and it not being quite right so Anyway, that's that's my main memory from the Northern Trust is being like, yeah, maybe this guy shouldn't have ridden a bunch of elephants all summer long leading into this tournament. You know, if a professional athlete, if one of the best golfers in the world cannot go on vacation with his mm-hmm. family and, you know, maybe ride an elephant for a little while, if he can't do that, I think that's a bigger issue than what you're making it out to be. Like, how does how do you get an oblique strain 
oftentimes you get an oblique strain when there's an other injury and you're and you're trying to you know mask it like you you get an oblique strain if you have a knee issue and you're trying to swing a little bit differently and your body isn't quite ready for it or if you haven't warmed up your body quite ready for what you need to do with your obliques that day so as much as there are elephants <laughs> there's an elephant in the room here the point here is not the elephants the the elephants are symptomatic of a larger point which is that <laughs> this was not a, a moment in tiger woods's playing career where he was dialed in on you know achieving the tour championship or something like that he'd been on vacation traveling around preparing to be a president's <sighs> cup captain which he sounds like he was obsessed over but there's a major involved here there is a major championship and you you know that guy will do I've anything right over that one <laughs> yes. out of pure convenience because i honestly that was bizarre he didn't even i don't know why did he not travel to Northern Ireland before like whatever he, he got there like Tuesday of tournament week. That was in, he was like waking up at 1am in the U S none of that made sense. I'm not, I, that I will, I will not defend. Okay, good. Um, we now move forward. Tiger goes a full two months without playing a tour event, right? The PGA tour FedEx cup season. He did ends. play the BMW. He had a, he weirdly played the next week after WB yeah. and he finished. And that was about sort of all you could say about it. He played four rounds in a no cut event. So the next two months we get no tiger woods on the PGA tour, largely because he had a slight arthroscopic procedure on his left knee. So there's some time mm -hmm. that he needs to rest and then there's rehab time, but it was a pretty slight procedure. He comes back and he plays in this made for TV Japan skins game against Roy McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, and Jason Day. And he is probably the worst golfer on the front nine. He is very rusty. His iron shots are not good. He's playing over in Japan at, at a course he's never seen before. But then <laughs> he goes out and wins the damn thing. He wins the Zozo Championship against what is a very solid field. And while it is a limited field, it is a very, very stacked field. So... I've got pretty much nothing to say pessimistic about this. Like, the guy shot 64, 64, 66, 67. He beat Hideki by three. He beat Rory and everyone else in the field by six or more. Every argument that I've ever had in order to rein people in from crazy Tiger optimism, of course he's never played before, pretty stacked field, the guy's been on a break, he had surgery, all of those things were in my pocket, and I couldn't play any one of them that week. I'm glad that you're copping up to this because <laughs> I just wanted to bring you back to Tour Confidential Monday before oh God. the Zozo Championship, where Sean Zock said, I'd expect some rust. I don't think he finishes in the top 20 this week. He's competing against a lot of folks who have been playing on tour the <laughs> last few weeks, and that's worth something. Luke Curtinine, it's not just you. Luke Curtinine said, expect what we usually see from Tiger upon his return. Rust discomfort and an underwhelming finish in his post peak years <laughs> tiger's form seems dependent on getting enough prerequisite tournament reps it's all crap everything you know this whole idea that he needs to be polished that he needs to play a bunch this all went out the window the craziest part of the zozo championship was just how unremarkable it looked yeah. to see tiger woods winning he just was relentless he was that irons player that he is when he's playing well where he's you know he's stares down a 200 yard shot 
and he starts it at the middle of the green and he turns it a little bit towards the flag and he ends up with an eight foot putt for birdie and he makes it (laughs) and he makes about half of them and he just plods his way around the golf course and just mm, paper cuts everyone to death yeah that was a dominant performance and you're right it does confuse us in the way we are trying to be predictive about tiger like oh yeah he needs to play two weeks in advance he needs to play three weeks in advance that was his last big layoff you know it wasn't his last big layoff these days it seems like there's plenty of big layoffs but you know it just really upended things he traveled around the world to get there we didn't think that he would be able to do that successfully either so yeah i mean it was confusingly good performance that is the trump card in our little mini debate here if, it, if you could even call it a debate um, just trying to read the tea leaves and trying to put all the cards on the table that is the trump card but there's one that's also similar to that and it's the president's cup the 2019 president's cup early december tiger absolutely definitively golfs his ball and carries the american team as the playing captain with all the distractions involved patrick reed bunker gate all this crap that Tiger has to answer for, Tiger carries the team. They mount a crazy comeback win in Australia. And it was at this moment that if we if we had to rank the best players in the world, Tiger Woods is number one, right? Yeah, I mean, the crazy part about this was it's it felt like more like when someone's playing an actual team sport. Like, you know, when uh, LeBron would get kind of frustrated with his teammates and fed up with his teammates and just like, all right, give me the ball. You guys know how easiest this is for me to do this. Like, and then, so tiger just did the same thing. He's like, all right, you guys are going to really, you're going to lose the international team. Let me go steamroll Abe answer. <laughs> but the, the other thing, cause I do want to make it clear that I'm, I'm being fair. I do think we saw both sides of this at the president's cup because I think we heard afterwards a little bit of chatter from the assistant captains, Fred Couples in particular, who basically said Tiger didn't play Saturday because he didn't feel good enough to go. Yeah. He wasn't ready to go. He was, you know, yes, he played great Thursday, Friday, Sunday, but you don't just get to take Saturdays off during normal (laughs) 72-hole golf tournaments. And, you know, we'll get to that point next. So that was a little bit concerning that, yes, his, 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 top level is still at that elite level but there seems to be some persisting inconsistency how sustainable is it so let's move forward now 2020 the most ridiculous year of my life uh he puts a really solid start uh together at tory pines finishes strong on sunday t9 finish um that's the day that kobe bryant passed away and, and it was just all the headlines got pulled away from tiger woods and rightfully so um but then he goes to Riviera uh, for the Genesis Invitational, which he plays as the host. You and I were there, and I'm glad that you and I were there because Tiger absolutely shit the bed. He opened with a 69 that he absolutely grinded through, uh, and he goes 73, 76, 77 throughout the weekend to finish dead last. Now, anyone who's a Tiger optimist could say, hey, that's a tough golf course, and it is. And it's a course he's never fared very well at in the past, which it is. And it's an event where he plays host. And you saw me, we, we saw him running around, playing in these little matches, like doing everything that a host does. You're kind of up at all hours of the day. That's plenty of an excuse, but dead last. I think that's 
a little bit too much. Uh, Tiger looked wipe out. Like you, he looked very tired after playing four rounds. And I think you saw that. It looked weird. It was a weird week. I mean, you're right. Yeah. He's yucking it up with Chris Pratt and a rod who's got, <laughs> you know, six, four irons in his golf bag and all kinds of stuff. I actually was blown away seeing in real life how much of an obligation it is to be a tournament host. It's just distracting. It's just, it's gotta be distracting, but you know, look, that's not a new thing. It's not a new thing to him, though. That's like he's been hosting tournaments since he was like 25 years old, pretty much. You know, it did seem like a distracting thing. And it seemed like once things started going in the wrong direction, he had a three putt or a four putt, um, you know, early on Saturday's round. And it just seemed like once that happened, that was it. And then, you know, it it was weird the way he talked that week about his upcoming schedule. He basically (laughs) said he hadn't thought about it, which like can't be true obviously but even as late as friday afternoon he wouldn't say whether he was going to commit to wgc mexico or not which was the following week he had like two more hours to decide so that was definitely a strange week and it was a particularly strange week because we didn't see him for a while after that that was sort of it that was the lingering impression we had of tiger woods was him finishing in last place him taking a (laughs) drop from the trash bag on sunday you know, in front of like just a handful of fans at his own golf tournament. So that was definitely a weird counterpoint to the whole President's Cup thing. Look at you reading the tea leaves without adding in the fact that, you know, he has won three events since he's come back to play competitive golf. What happened next Mm -hmm. is I think for me, at least, a bit more concerning. So Tiger doesn't play the Honda Classic, which a lot of people like to point out He's in Jupiter. It's in his backyard. He can sleep in his own bed and go out and play four rounds at an event that he's he's done pretty well at. It's in his backyard. He doesn't play the other Florida event up in Orlando, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, an event that he has won many, many times. That's fine because, well, if he's going to play the players, you don't want to have to ask him to play twice in a row. But then Tiger skips the players. He announces it the Friday before the coronavirus shutdown. But we finally get that note from his agent, Mark Steinberg. It was a text that was sent to Bob Herrig of ESPN. The text said, back, just not ready. Not concerning long-term, just not ready, which is scary. I mean, (laughs) it's kind of just, you know, when someone responds to a text and just like, okay, I'm good. And you're like, oh, there's definitely more here. Um, but then we basically forget about it, right? Because the coronavirus shut down. We like Tiger wasn't okay. He wasn't okay. What do you think of, you know, I'm to no. put my tinfoil hat on here. <laughs> do you think Tiger had any idea that the if this, players would have a if, chance of getting canceled? Do you think that that could have possibly factored into his decision? This is an I'm this is a genuine question, not leading the witness. If this was about the coronavirus, then Tiger would have probably played Bay Hill. You know, he. Mm. I think potentially the one percent percent chance uh, that this could be about the coronavirus. I think we would have seen Tiger play maybe the Honda Classic. Like if if it w- if it was about anything other than his body, then he would have played. But it was his body. Just saying, you know. We heard some, yeah, we, there's been some leaks that, you know, some, some people in the government knew a little bit more than maybe they reacted to. 
I'd like to see, I'd like to see Tiger's stock portfolio, see what kind of, you know, shorts he was making over this period. And then we might know a little bit more about his health going into the players. Well, since then, <laughs> as you said, we haven't seen much of Tiger and I'm not going to sit here and listen to you talk about his ball striking during the match two. You mean the match where he didn't miss a fairway the entire day? <laughs> At his home course, where he has in the past had people report a worst ball 66, which is insanity. Tiger played well at his home course in the rain against a couple quarterbacks. I don't care about that. That was two months ago. What does that have to do with today? I mean, I think it means that he's alive. He's healthy. He's moving around. He's hitting fairways. He's, you know, only focused on winning matches. He's maybe not the most dynamic guy to have mic'd up. <laughs> it told us, I think, a fair amount about Tiger, including the fact that when he's around other superstars, he's perfectly happy to fade into the background and just be the best golfer on the planet. I think it was very. I think it was more revealing than you're willing to give it credit for. It doesn't necessarily tell us whether he can walk 72 holes, yeah. whether he can play an entire six-day tournament week at the Memorial, but I think it's encouraging. I think he's really been just slow playing this entire thing because he knows he's got a full schedule coming up honestly i have no idea how many of these events he's going to play if like his new thing is going to play as few times as possible like is he going to skip the half the playoff events i don't know but i'm interested to find out all right well then let's tell people what they need to think about given all that has happened Mm -hmm. in the last 16 months we just rode the roller coaster my takeaway right now As we discussed on last week's episode, Tiger Woods is still one of the 10 best players in the world. And if we had to put our money down, he's probably one of the top five. But that Tiger, that top five player, it's going to come and go. Like He will be there one week and he will not be there the next week. And I'm not going to say that he's going to finish dead last like he did at Riviera, but it's just not going to happen as much as it has in the past and it won't be as consistent as guys like JT, Rory, Bryson, whoever. The analogy I want to make for you is that Tiger Woods, to me, seems like a Corvette from the early 1990s, like a 92 Corvette that was, that was created right around the time you and I were born. It's, it absolutely sings when it's on the road. It's pure. It's kind of old. And so like an older car needs a little help getting going. An older car sometimes spends a lot of time in the garage with with the plastic sheet over it. You know, it gets tucked away for days in which there are good conditions and for, you know, driving on the roads that you know really well. But that sports car, when you get it out and humming, was a genius design initially. He's one of the smartest golfers, if not the smartest in the world. He plays courses that he knows really well. When you get that sports car out on the racetrack that it knows really well, and it's had a little while to warm up, that sports car is going to compete to win the race. You know, Tiger is a, a Corvette that can still do it, but it doesn't happen all the time. Do you follow that? A little bit. I mean, look, it makes me think of this debate that we would always have as Patriots fans talking about Rob Gronkowski. You'd say, you know, look, do you just leave this guy in the garage? Do you, you know, do you keep him inside and then just like basically just bring him out for the playoffs, roll him out when we really need him and, you know, and, and avoid any sort of injury 
but then does he need some playing reps to to really get going? So I don't know. I mean, here's the way I want to think about Tiger Woods right now. When he is in control of his game, he is still among the best ball strikers in all of golf. There's a big focus on distance right now. We've seen that with Bryson, but we've also seen Colin Morikawa, who is an elite, maybe the elite ball striking young talent in terms of like approaching the green on the PGA Tour right now. That's always been Tiger's thing. When we get back to Augusta, I think that may be the next time we really see a golf course that will set up perfectly for Tiger Woods' game. You know, looking at the schedule that he might play, yeah, he's had some success in Boston. The British Open would have been nice if that had happened. That probably would have been a good setup for him. And this week at Memorial. (laughs) This is a course that he's obviously dominated at over the years. I don't want to fall into the trap that you've fallen into at the Zozo that we've always fallen into of, okay, he's going to be rusty. He hasn't played real tournament golf in forever. But this is, you know, if you're looking at Tiger Woods to get a win this year, this is going to be one of his best chances, even though it's his first tournament back. That's a lot to put on the guy. But I think he contends here. He contends at Augusta. He contends in Boston. I think that that's a reasonable expectation for his year. But the bottom line I think you're making is that the same one that I was saying. There are courses that will fit him. There's the courses he's going to play. And if he contends elsewhere, that would be a little bit of a surprise. If he wins a single event this year, that would also be a little bit of a surprise. He will not be a favorite at any course that he plays. Like the defined favorite besides probably Augusta. No, he won't be the favorite, but yeah, I mean, I think this is where we're sort of, you know, we're coming into the same point to some extent, which is, yes, it's a little more situational now. The factors have to line up a little bit more. It used to be, you know, back in the day, that was the thing about Tiger. You could put him on any setup Mm -hmm. on any course because he was just that much better than everyone else. He has more limitations now. He can't play as much. He can't practice as much. Courses that are chilly with long, rough, like... Look, if TPC Harding Park, if it's no chance. 78 degrees all week, then maybe he drives it super straight, keeps it in play, manages his way around that golf course. But if it's a little bit chilly, if he's a little bit wayward with the driver, there's no chance. It'll be like the PGA Championship last year. Look at that. You know, and- Would that mean that TPC Harding Park is not a major course to you? Oof. Like you just argue with I Beth mean- Page Black? I mean, maybe, and I can't in good conscience argue against two munis in one little <laughs> section here as the founder of Muni Monday. So, no, I won't say that. It'll be really interesting to see how he fares there. Super interesting to see how he fares at Wingfoot. All right. Um, well. But, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff to see. I think that's you and me meeting in the middle on Tiger Woods, which doesn't always happen. So thank you for bringing out the receipts of Tour Confidential. Thank you to you all for listening to this episode of The Drop Zone. When Tiger Woods finishes T20 this week, you need to give us a five-star review. See you then.